0: Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. Your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 294 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why your tennis rating is useless. And it actually may not be yours. We're going to define what that means. There's a lot of people out there who do have a useless rating. It may be you. Some people do, some people don't. I would wager to guess a, a big chunk of people do have a useless one. It'd be interesting to see the breakdown. But n- nevertheless, we're going to define what that is, what makes the difference between a useful rating and a useless one, and also give some perspective about how important a rating should actually be in the grand scheme of things as you work hard in your game. Uh, Quickly, I want to thank Sail Racer on the iTunes Music Store for leaving a review of the podcast. Lots of new ratings as well. Really appreciate those reviews. Uh, But ratings as well goes a long ways to, to helping people find the show. Today's topic comes to us from Fernando in Brazil. He wrote to me and said, I've been playing for a year and a half now, and in this time I've watched several instructional videos, watched a lot of slow motion videos, and listen to many podcasts, and I've tried to follow the tips that I think have made the most sense. In this time, I've progressed a great deal. I'm better than many of the people that I play with, and they've been playing at least eight years. The thing is, I look at the NTRP ratings, and going by the description of each level, I can say that I have various attributes of the 4.0 and 4.5 levels, but I honestly can't say that it's not my actual level of play. I think as of right now, I'm a strong 3.0 or maybe even an entrance level 3.5, but no 4.0 or 4.5 because I've seen these guys play. and I'm sure that their level is much greater than mine. So I wonder if this system is to be taken at face value. And then another kind of subtopic here that we'll get to a little bit later in the show, the other thing that is spinning around in my head is when can I stop seeking improvement and settle my game? Don't get me wrong. I think that I'll always be working on improvement. But what I mean is that right now it is almost all I do on a tennis court. And I want to know if there's a discernible goal to achieve, a level where I can safely say that I can get better, but no matter how hard I try, I can't really move up much from there. I'm 38 years old, and I want to know what level is a good level to realistically achieve and start focusing on playing more than improving. All right, Fernando, two awesome topics, and we're going to address the rating one first because it's a much bigger box to unpack, And this is a really tricky topic and it opens a huge can of worms and I'm going to try as best I can to kind of stay in my lane. This is really going to be more about attitude, but I'm going to really kind of tell my honest thoughts on how worthwhile ratings are. And in particular, the NTRP rating system, and there's a whole debate going on right now between NTRP or UTR, Universal Tennis Rating. And that's kind of a whole other debate for another time. I'm not going to get into that today. Uh, By the way, if if you'd like to hear more information about that, shoot me an email and let me know. I actually have a direct connection to the head of UTR, who I could have on the show, to talk about their rating system and the differences between them and NTRP. But nonetheless, let's get into the ratings. And first of all, self Rated ratings, self-selected ratings are useless. Those are are definitely they don't go very far as far as being useful on a tennis court, and it's because it's a complete guess from start to finish. And you can look at a chart and USTA did their best to group general skills into categories and describe what X levels should be good at and general attributes, etc, etc. But at the end of the day, tennis is an incredibly deep and complex game. And a rating is just a number and it's a very generic and general number. We're going to get more into the specifics on that. And so trying to look at a a little chart of like forehand, backhand, or like baseline skills and net skills and serve and return and competitive skills, and just boiling it down to a couple different categories like that, and then picking general attributes or descriptions is an unbelievably surface level way of going about it. So any kind of self-rating or club ratings, meaning just a, a rating that your pro gave you, or what anybody else tells you oh you're about this should only be a starting point if you're going to if you're going to take on and kind of inherit that number and then just kind of plant your flag in that mountain and say this this is my rating and and that's the end of it and then you go and you just kind of play your club matches and you don't venture out from there to compete then it's really just kind of, it's really a useless number because it doesn't throw you into the larger ocean of competition which is what the whole rating system is really meant to do it's meant to get you into the game and experiencing different players different styles different nuances of the game and without actually playing and winning and losing against other players like that it really is just a meaningless number at best it's a complete guess and it really is only a guess. The bottom line is this, all that really matters is direct competition. One club level rating to another club level rating really doesn't matter. It's completely arbitrary. Meaning if your club pro gave you a a 3-0 to play against other 3-0s at your club, then going to another club, even in the same city, within the same state, and playing that same number could be completely different, and usually is completely different. It's a totally different talent pool, drawing from experience against completely different types of players. These 300 tennis players over here at this club are likely very different from these 245 players at this other tennis club. And so a club rating really isn't something that you can hang your head on. Now, if your only goal and aspiration is to just play at that club, and it doesn't really matter to you how you stack up against anybody else, then that's completely fine. But if that was the case for you, you probably would not have gone to the internet and found a podcast about tennis improvement. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that if you're listening to my voice, my voice right now, then you're, you're beyond that point, and your interest and your aspirations are well beyond just your own little community or your own little your own little club that the tiny kind of little corner of the game of tennis. Even one state right into another state, right? Even, let's say that I play four or five singles here in Wisconsin. If I go over to and to a player in California who's a four or five, I'll tell you right now that I'll probably get beat easily, even if I play the same. Number of matches, and I, I really kind of travel around the states, and I, I competed a lot of different clubs. And it's not just like at my club, but I really get out and I stretch my legs, and I I challenge myself by getting out there and experiencing a lot of different players and a lot of different areas of my states. My state is just inherently weaker than California. And so there's, there's little pockets at like the club level. There's larger pockets at a state level. There's even larger pockets than that at, at regional levels and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. I've literally heard the phrase California 4-5 or California 5 Like she's a, she's a California 4-5 because it's just, if you get out and travel on a national scale, And it's just common knowledge that different parts of the country are stronger, even within the same rating system and within the same rating level. So the bottom line here is you have to be in the game. And it's important that you only compare apples to apples. Do not compare yourself. If you're going to just play in your little sandbox at your little club then uh, the, the whole rating system really is kind of arbitrary and pointless. And nothing else really matters um, at the end of the day, as long as you know what you're comparing yourself to and, and you know what's important. And kind of the last thing here, little piece of perspective that, that I'll throw in there. I've mentioned this many times on the podcast and I, I I need to really verify this stats or this um, piece of information, but I've heard it from multiple different sources. Um, I I think one source directly from the USTA, but I I need to really kind of nail this down at some point or another, but multiple different times from multiple different reliable sources. I've heard that the difference should be from a 05 NTRP difference, meaning the difference between a a 3-5 player and a 4-0 player, middle-of-the-road 3-5 and middle-of-the-road, middle-of-the-computer rating, road 4-0 is a double bagel loss, a 6-0, 6-0 loss. So understand that even within each rating, meaning the bottom of 3-5 to the top of 3-5, there's a huge, huge range of abilities And experience levels and talents and playing styles. And so bottom line is my advice is that put all your care and all your worry about the number completely aside. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. I think in general, tennis players put way too much importance and way too much emphasis on the number when at the end of the day, it's just a 30,000 foot... I mean, it's a view from space. It's like a view from the space station looking down on Earth. If if uh, your city or your town is your tennis game, then your NTRP rating is like looking down from space to, to see what your town looks like. I mean, it's an it's a g- extremely general and far-off view of who you are as a tennis player. It would be like somebody seeing a picture of you and then based on just that image of your external person trying to say who you are as a person and describe all the nuances and, and depths of who you are as a person. Now, certain things they'd probably be able to pick out. And somebody who's who's really kind of perceptive and maybe gets a little bit lucky with their guesses based on how you do your hair and like the, the clothes you wear and your makeup and you know. Those kind of external things, they'd probably be able to, to guess a couple of things correctly here and there, but they wouldn't be able, it would just be a complete scratch of the surface, completely surf, surface level, whereas getting to know you as a person is extremely deep and nuanced. So that's my, my basic approach, my basic mindset and thought process on ratings, The bottom line is don't put much emphasis on them. Don't put much importance on them. You can use them as an unbelievably general and surface-level guide, but it's something that really, at the end of the day, you don't have a whole lot of control over, and it's something that, to a certain degree, is subjective and somewhat arbitrary as far as who you play and Uh, what kind of ascendancy or descendancy they're on in the computer system. And there's so many different variables that you're you're much better off, in my opinion, focusing on the things that you can control. Things like your level of focus and intention and effort in your training and in your matches and focusing in your matches more on the things that will get you more wins, like focusing on the other side of the net, your opponents and their patterns and educating yourself on how to play smarter, more winning tennis. Those those things should be occupying most of your mental and emotional attention and effort, not the number next to your name. And I know, I know it's, tr- trust me, I, I can remember looking back and really obsessing over those charts and those descriptions. This was mainly as a junior player. And of course, like wanting to be the highest rated player possible because you, you get to have that that external kind of prestige and respect that goes along with it. But I'm telling you now, like several decades down that that path, that there's, there's not a lot of satisfaction there. And, and there's a lot of frustration there. And there's a lot of worry and needless pain by focusing on that number. So let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about that second part of Fernando's question, which had to do... Uh, really interesting. Some of his phrases here, where he said, um, "A level where I can safely say that I can get better, but no matter how hard I try, I cannot move up from there." Like he's he's looking for like a goal, like a number, like this is where I can like this is my ultimate like rating, and he's he's looking for that uh, he, that big thing off in the horizon that he can kind of aim for and set his sights. And the most co- I can tell you, the most common question from our VIP students, these are people who travel from all over the world, all over the country. They invest a lot of money to to spend 2 days with us and we record every part of their game and we give them a a super detailed plan to follow for each part of their game. The most common question we get from those players is, how often should I train? Everybody wants to know, how do I balance my competitive play with my training, my purposeful practice time? And it sounds like Fernando right now is very skewed to one side. He's focusing completely on game improvement. And that's great. I hope you're really loving that process, Fernando. But my response, I think, is critical perspective for every tennis player, my response is to ask a question of them and that is, what do you value more? Do you value winning and competitive success or do you value long-term game development? It's critical to understand that number one, they're at odds. You can't have both equally at the same time. If you're going to focus on just winning right now, then you have to put aside big technical changes, which is what it takes to develop your game long term. And if you focus a ton on technical changes, then you have to be willing to sacrifice short term wins. They're at odds with each other. Number one and number two. There's no wrong answer to that question. It's not a trick question. And I, and I have to, I have to usually, expo- I usually make an effort to explain myself up front and say I, like, I'm not looking for a specific answer. Like obviously what people get from us is very much long-term development focused. That's what we're doing. We're breaking down all their strokes and saying, here's your fundamental flaws. Here's the process that you should follow to change that and develop better habits. And so, I think people probably assume that I want them to say, oh, I want long-term development. But I don't. Care. what I want is happiness for my students. I don't care which which gives them more fulfillment, short-term success or long-term development, but you have to know which gives you more satisfaction and fulfillment because your goal should reflect what you enjoy most about the sport. And right now, Fernando's kind of looking for for two different, he's kind of aiming for, trying to aim for two different targets. Right now he's focusing all his time on game development, but he also wants to know, oh Ian, what what ultimate level is like the biggest? Highest, most impressive level that I can possibly obtain? And I have no idea what the answer to that is. I have no idea. I have no idea what your level of talent or athleticism is. I don't know how much time or monetary resources you can invest in your game. I have no idea how frequently you're able to train, what your, if you've got little kids or if your career is important to you or if you're married, like if you're married or not, I don't know any of those variables. So, I cannot possibly intelligently guess what that would be for you or anybody else for that matter. My biggest recommendation to you is decide which end of that spectrum do you reside on? And on one side is short-term wins, match wins. The other term, The other side is long-term development, and both are totally fine. Uh, on one far side is you just love to play. you love to compete, you love to win. Doing it better doesn't really bring you any fulfillment. you just you just want to get the job done. and getting the job done means winning the match. So it doesn't matter to you if your technique is pretty or ugly or, or, or sideways or upside down or whatever. you just, you just want to get the job done and go home with the trophy. And that's totally, totally fine. That, that would be one extreme far end of the spectrum. And then on the other extreme far end of the spectrum would be wins and competition don't matter to you much at all. You, you really don't care about winning or losing or what your record is. You have a passion for mastering the game. And that means movements and techniques and biomechanics Those are the things that really excite you, and you just want to do it a little bit better every day, so you feel like you're making little steps in the right direction to mastering each of the different little parts of your game. So those are the two extremes, And and then there's everything in between. And it's important to understand that the mastery part of it is never ending, and I mean never ending. There's never an ultimate arrival for any player. There's always small improvements, even... For Roger Federer, he's making adjustments, he's he's tweaking strokes, he's using different rackets, he's adjusting his schedule, and so there's, there's different changes technically and equipment-wise and all other parts of the game that you can constantly try to improve no matter how good you get. We can all do that, and that's something that my biggest piece of advice to you would be to learn how to really enjoy that or just totally accept the fact that you know what i just like playing right here and i don't i don't need to take lessons i don't need to do video analysis i don't i don't care if my forehand looks any better or is any more efficient as long as it kind of goes where it's going right now and I, i can rely on it and it gets the job done then i'm totally fine but one way or another you need to decide so that you can reliably point yourself in the right direction fernando and be the most fulfilled possible, be the most happy with the time that you spend on the court and get the most out of the game. Hopefully that's helpful. Hopefully that gives you some perspective. A little bit of a a right-hand turn there talking about uh, short-term versus long-term, but I think it all kind of rolls together into the big picture of gaining more perspective about where you are in your game, Please put aside the obsession over the number, whether you're going, getting bumped up or getting bumped down. At the end of the day, it really is irrelevant. Unless you have no desire at all for mastery and long-term development, in which case you would not be listening to my voice at all, uh, but I suppose it's not impossible. And unless that's the case, I I'd highly recommend you not worry yourself at all about the rating. It's unbelievably big picture. It's unbelievably really impossible to, to have control over. Focus on the little things that you control day in and day out. Those are the things that, in a very macro, long-term sense, will move the needle. So if you're going to learn to really love that part of it and use that as kind of your north star, I think you'll have more enjoyment and more fun on the court. For more free, game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video audio and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.